Welcome back to another episode of The Cook Podcast. I'll be your host, Sam Davies. With me, as always, is the beautiful Ben Mariner. Hello. And the Randy Rascal, that is Russell Trough. Good afternoon. So I went to uh, local butchers on last week, I think it was, at some point, on a, on a Saturday, and uh, got a nice bit of short rib. Uh, I know we were talking before about short rib, fucking beautiful stuff, absolutely yeah, lovely. Um, so yeah, I got these two big bits, absolutely massive they were, for about oh, six quid, I want to say. Uh, which I do think was too bad, to be fair, quite nice. So, six, that's alright, six quid. Yeah, six, six eighty, something like that, so yeah, well happy with that. And um, so yeah, on the Sunday morning, Mrs. went to work, and uh, I got up, nice and early. And he ate him all himself. Yeah, just like I didn't bother cooking it. You just you gave know. her the bones. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, so, seared it off. So, nice and loads of olive oil, loads of butter as well. You know, whole garlic, cut in half, loads of thyme, salt, pepper, you know, the drill. Really rendered down the fat for ages, you know, like nice and low and slow. Got it going, got some nice colour on it. Um, reduced a bit of red wine, bit of beef stock. Loads of beautiful things, you know, your mirepoix, so your carrots and your onions. And you know what? I like to put some potato in it as well, sometimes. Um, and I braised that for about oh, seven, eight hours, maybe more. And uh, so, yeah, it's about six o'clock I took it out. Um, but I think I was watching the football or the Formula One. I think it might have been the first weekend of the Formula One. So I went out and I tripped myself to a few Guinnesses. And I thought, right, OK, dinner's on. Nice and uh, nothing to worry about. Anyway, this is going to sound really bad, but by the time my girlfriend had got home, I'd finished all my Guinnesses, and uh, I don't really remember too much of the short rib, to be honest with you. <laughs> I remember eating it and thinking, this is really nice. But you know, you think, oh, bloody hell, I put so much effort and love into this short rib, and yeah. uh, I've ruined it myself, really. So I, I hate doing that. I, I mean, I love having a drink while I'm cooking, but... Um, yeah, well, I know. An 18 pack, then you, you know, you're not. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know about an 18 pack, bloody hell. <laughs> Struggle to get through an 8 pack now. What, in an hour? Yeah, see it, just put it all in as well. Make a nice little margarita out of Guinness, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I did that, and I love cooking on a Sunday, actually, especially when I'm not working, obviously. I like to uh, get some nice joints of beef or, or pork or anything. I just love to slow roast things, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lamb shoulder or something like that. Yeah, a bit of balsamic and uh, yeah, Dijon mustard. Yeah. So, do you, you guys? I mean, Ben, you you're off at um, weekends, aren't you? And Russell, you're you're out of work at the moment, so you're off on Sundays. Is that a sort of thing you've been doing on a Sunday, or do you take it a bit more easy? Um, I think taking it a bit more easy nowadays. I'm like back at work now, so the cooking kind of comes comes at work, and then when I get back, it's kind of a bit like oh, I'm a bit don't really want to cook too much, but um, yeah. I try and. Uh, yeah, do do cooking at work and then take the end bits and stuff and use that for myself. <laughs> for oh, eating, no, but, what? Uh, be a leftover Victoria sponge or something? Well, no, not that. Like, yeah, <laughs> got like that. Be, um, tell you what, though, tell you what I did um, did yesterday with, um, where I roasted a, a big sirloin and then obviously <clears> took sirloin <throat> off. And under, you know, with the tray, you've got obviously the fat and all the burnt bits of the yeah. tray and just took um, a scraper. Scraped off all of the the burnt bits and all of the um, all of the the fat, put it into a pan, run a sort of a hand blender through it to emulsify it, uh, and then got some soft butter. So as he cooled it down, got some soft butter and like emulsified it together, so made like a, a beef dripping butter. Uh, it was it was oh amazing. So it's like you know all those all those um, all of that lovely caramelized flavour from the you know you chop the ends off the beef with your slice. Yeah, the yeah. It's all the crispy fatty bits on the end. It's basically butter that just tasted like end bits of beef, and it was oh, stunning. So actually, yeah, I did it as a bit of a test, but it worked really, really well. So I'm going to be doing that again. You Let's know, when see. you're making that uh, beef sort of uh, beef dripping butter, do you whip yeah. it together? Yeah, so like in, I, in the machine sort of thing. Yeah, so I get the butter in the machine and then sort of drizzle in the the fat. So obviously, when you when you emulsify it, all the all the burnt bits and the and the fat goes together, and it gets a little bit thicker, but it's still like pourable, uh, like a yeah. sort of cloudy oil. And then just sort of put that in as, as you beat the butter back, then put that in and it emulsifies. It goes like a really nice kind of tanned brown color, um, like a hazelnutty color. 
And then oh, that'd um, be lovely. That it's a bit of a isn't that a bit of a trademark by Tom Sellers with the uh, the candles. Have you seen that? The beef dripping candles. Oh, I have does. seen that. Yeah, I think that's dripping though. Now I think that's a dripping. Yeah. A is it dripping? Is it? Oh yeah, I yeah. Think so. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah that's, you can buy molds for that. You can buy the molds and make them yourself. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's just it's a like, candle, isn't it? A candle mold. Just explain yeah. to us exactly what it is, uh, Russell. Because is it is it just a beef dripping candle, and you you use the bread to mop it as it burns? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it burns down, and then whatever's like dripping off it i'm guessing you've got like uh, bread there and you just dip it in and yeah, munch away butter yeah it's, it's just stunning sounds like, pretty cool better flavor it's probably um, good. you're probably gonna get a heart attack white, though doing that yeah, oh, yeah. too much yeah. to be fair this this butter i i think <laughs> i probably had way too much of it like i spread it on toast thinking like, oh my god this is like you know dripping <laughs> and butter together like be <laughs> you came out looking like your uh, caricature for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've, like you've put on a stone. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we all know what's going on in the world. We've done nothing but talk about it recently. But, uh, you know, as we're coming out of it, and restaurants are reopening and they are struggling. Of course, they're struggling. And that's kind of why the, v- the VAT has dropped that we talked about last week. Um, they're doing this £10 or this, you know, the 50% off up to £10 per meal, uh, you know, if your restaurant enrolls in that. So these are things just to help the restaurants and get them back on their feet because, you know, no one wants to be in a world where there's no restaurants. Uh, isn't it only really chains? That, I read an article and it was only really chains that are doing that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's, chains. More, it's more chains that are doing it, but I have seen a few, you know, independent restaurants. Yeah. Also. It's, it's probably yeah. because that, like, you know, when someone says, oh, we're doing this new scheme, I think most restaurant owners that just own one restaurant aren't like, they don't have the team in place to sort of look into how to do it and they just go, oh, I won't yeah. do it. Well, like, the chains, they just say to someone in the office, right, it's your job to find out how this works and get it in place. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's, uh, and, and again, it's only up to £10 per person as well. So, you know, if you're going out to a nice restaurant and you're spending a hundred quid or whatever, I think it's probably more aimed at, you know, your, your little um, chain restaurants where you're probably not going to spend as much anyway. So it feels like you're yeah. saving more. So all these, yeah. uh, all these rules and, you know, opportunities have been put in place for, for restaurants to really take off again. And it just hurts me a little bit. And I think it hurts, you know, every chef who, who sees this is, you know, influencers, and we all know what influencers are. So if you don't, it's it's people basically who have uh, thousands of followers on Instagram and Twitter. And what they do is they go to restaurants or they email a restaurant or a, or a fast food chain or anything like that. It's normally independent. So it's not just your sit down meals. You know, there's like chicken shops that do really cool things, but they'll, they'll, they'll message them and say, hi, yeah, I've got an Instagram account. I've got so many followers. Give me food for free and I'll... Um, I'll boost, you know, I'll get you out there to my 8,000 followers or whatever it is. Uh, and before this all kicked off, you know, you know what? I can understand it. It's a nice job. I'd like to do that, you know, as a job, just to go around and eat free food and talk about it. But it is a little bit cheeky as well. But, you know, now after all this, I think it's unbelievable that, you know, to show the nerve of some people to go to restaurants that are struggling, reopening and fighting to survive, Asking for free meals. I, I don't, for me personally, I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have a bit of front to do that. Does, does that work though? Like, really? If, uh, I'm guessing if they've got like a shed load of Instagram, then it, it's marketing. Well, it's away, going out to, to, you know, 10,000, 11,000, how many followers you've got. So um, is it, it may, it may be worth them doing that, giving away free, free dinner? Well, well yeah, I, I mean, I normally it is to, worth it. Marketing wise, it is normally worth it. However, it's just like, you think that now they would say, I think, I think the, and the main thing is like if they take friends as well, like you know, if they're just so, going on their own, you could do that, a little bit of a deal. That gets onto yeah. my, uh, that that my next point way. actually. So there was a, there was a Twitter account going around um, and I, you know, they already got outed, but I'm not going to say who it was, but it was a, it was a, someone who was a vegan and she messaged, um, I can't remember who it was, but they messaged and said, hi, uh, my name's so-and-so. I've got 8,000, you know, 700 followers. Um, yeah. Um, I'm a vegan. I see you do a vegan meal or a vegan tasting course, etc. Uh, I will come and take pictures of your meal, uh, table for two. Uh, you give it to us for free and um, yeah, we'll, we'll advertise your restaurant. And this, this person's put it out on Twitter and said the cheek of some people. 
and there must have been about 10 replies from other restaurants saying they've come to us as well and it's funny well, how it's yeah. funny how it changes as well from the messages so like two weeks ago she's this this influencer is saying uh, i've got eight thousand seven hundred followers uh, you give us a meal for for two people for free and we'll, we'll boost you and then two weeks later they're saying i've got eight thousand nine hundred followers uh, I'll come and boost your restaurant if you give a meal for free for four people. So it's gone up now. Yeah, so that's a if you're, you're going to do that, if you're going to come and be an influencer and boost it, that's up to the restaurant if they want to use that kind of marketing. You know, it might work, it might not. But it's like it's like a Michelin inspector. You know, they come with two people and even them, they pay for it. Do you know what I mean? So if you're going to go as an influencer, I think go on your own. If you get a free meal out of it, fantastic. But don't bring your mate and then more people that bring four people how can a restaurant that's just reopened and is struggling give a, a tasting meal for four people for free it's ridiculous yeah. see like yeah, what, what i'd say cheeky. is like that they would say from that the other side oh but then it's going to boost them to get more customers to help them out but if you think about it with the with the eight thousand followers so like to affect a business so like from someone who's like does a lot of social media and you know we do it with the pager school like loads of social media stuff uh, and I do a lot of training on social media as well. Like by the time, you know, 8,000 followers is not really enough to kind of make enough of an impact to get more revenue. And no, like, no. if you've got like 100,000 followers, you can kind of put it out, um, you know, 10,000 of people will see it, maybe like 2,000 of them will be in the local area. And then like, you know, maybe 100 will consider it. And out of those 100, maybe like two or three, four, something like that will come in and, and eat. So that yes. might be worth it. But like, when it comes to, you know, 8,000 followers. It's like people are going to see it. Maybe 800 people see it and not even one person's really going to like, actually go out because they've seen that and, yeah. and that really. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't think people realise that even though 8,000 followers might look like a lot, I mean, how many actual customers? It's probably not as many as people think, you know. It's okay. probably way below even 100 people, isn't it? Like you just said, it's going to be yeah. probably oh, Well, I mean, only 800 people see it. So, so imagine, yeah. so the way social media works is like, um, it will only get shown really to a small portion of your audience. So when they put the post out, to so say there's 8,000, 8, say about 800 of people will see that-ish. So that out of that 800, you know, even, even if half of them are local, which they probably are not, so let's say 200 of them are local, out of the 200 that see the post, maybe like 20 of them will actually stop and look at it. And then like how many of those 20 that look at it are actually then going to go out yeah. to go down? So it's or, more about them boosting their own Instagram account really and yeah, that's what it's really about but also yeah. it's easy as well to get followers on Instagram because it's like there's ways of doing it where you can run ads that aren't that are targeted at other countries so you can get other people from other countries and, and it's really really cheap to boost up your Instagram following um, so you can get to like, like 20,000 Instagram followers by just by putting say you know 100 pound in 150 pounds in but then it's like, then you can go around everyone and say, oh, I've got this many followers. We give us a free meal and get like 20 free meals. So it's like, you know I mean, yeah. you have to be careful with influencers and like where their actual followers are. Because if they're not in the local area, then what's the freaking point? What's anyways? the point? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Tom Kerridge was on uh, going on a little while ago about the no-shows as well, which is hurting the industry as well, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it's another another big one. Yeah, so obviously got that got... Um, influences one side and then no shows the other side. So yeah, people that aren't rocking up. And I realised that like, it's always, it's always been a problem. Like it's always been a problem where people will book and like at the end of the night you'd be waiting for these tables and they won't show up and it's like oh, we could have gone home ages ago. But it, it seems to be a much bigger problem now. Um, you know, since lockdown's finished, it's it used to be maybe like a couple of tables. You get like one or two tables that wouldn't show up in a night. But now you know, um, that Tom Carriage was saying the other day, we're saying there's like thirty percent or something. What? Didn't yeah, Paul, Paul Ainsworth as well. He um, uh, must have been, so his manager, like, it's like 27 people turned, didn't turn up or something. That's fucking ridiculous, a lot of revenue. isn't it? Yeah, that's a lot of revenue. Yeah. Because yeah, you can't so. sell those tables on. It's too late by that point, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. the thing is as well, you know, you're, you're buying enough food because you'll know you're going to serve, let's just say, 60 people. Say you've got 60 seat a restaurant um, and half or you know 30 percent even 20 people don't turn up you've bought enough food for 60 and, and it's hard to then shift that food as well you know yeah, what if you go off yeah where's it gonna go if you can't sell it the next day or it's hard and you just don't turn up and the, I, think, yeah. I think the people that do it because 
of what's going on as well. They're, they're scared that they're not going to get a place. So what they do is they book a table at a few different restaurants. Yeah. And yeah, on the night, they, they pick where they want to go. And yeah, that's just, honestly, that is, I mean, if you then pick somewhere else, brilliant, fine, go and enjoy yourself. But then call up the other restaurants and say, I'm not coming tonight because you can whatever. Sell. Yeah. And then yeah, they can go, thank you very chance. much. Yeah, the two, the table of two walk-in that just came in, you can have their table. Yeah, perfect. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it just makes much, so much of a difference. But I think people are just like, oh, they got this table, it doesn't matter. But it's yeah. like when you actually work in the industry, you realise how damaging it is. Because like yeah, half it's your the staff as well. You, you need to get your staff sorted, don't you? And yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah, organised as well. Yeah, it's people's, people's livelihoods, isn't it? So, um, but, you know, how do we, how do you, how do you combat that? One way would be... Deposits. Deposits, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and people get put off by deposits because it's you don't want to give the money up. You don't want to give money up front for something you haven't experienced yet. But if you're going to go anyway and have a good time, it's only yeah. going to come off the end of the bill anyway. So exactly. what's the what's the problem? If you, if you really are, if you know in your head that you're you're going to go, there shouldn't be an issue. It's only if you think, oh, I might not go, then then that you'll be funny about it. Like if you knew for sure, like we're definitely going there, then it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I did have a little like before all this sort of started. I did um, have a little bit of a sort of an issue with like people taking like credit card number and all this. Yeah. Um, but now I think I I think it's it's fair enough now. I mean yeah. I mean with what's happened, people the whole thing sort of changed. So yeah, it wouldn't bother me to do that actually. Well, it's to be the same people that complain that their restaurant or their favourite restaurant shut down, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's those yeah. people, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just if just book book and go. And if you're not going to go, let the restaurant know. They don't care if it's, you know, an hour before or, you know, a day before. Just let them know because yeah. there will always be people trying to come in and, and sit at your table if the restaurant's that good. So new openings coming up. Uh, so look, oh, this is one. Sam, you were talking about this egg slut. Oh yeah, egg uh, slut. Yeah. In Fitzrovia. I mean, I had to look at that briefly. That looks, it looks pretty cool, doesn't it? It's like I've got, I've got to say yeah, that it's got to be one how of much my. What can you do with an egg? Yeah, it's got, it's got to be one of my most favourite names I've ever seen for a restaurant. Let me tell oh, you, it's that. brilliant. Egg slut. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to go there. Is that me too? Check it out. Yeah. Did you? Nice. But have you, have you looked into it and actually seen uh, how many sites they've got? Yeah, it's, uh, it's isn't it from LA? They're from LA, aren't they? I and, think I think it's LA, but they've got places in like South Korea and and it's everywhere. Seriously, massive. like yeah, and, and I've never heard of it. I don't know how long they've been there for, to be honest with you. Um, but mm. I I looked at their it's, locations. So yeah, they're from like LA, and they're like they spread out all over like California. Um, didn't they have a place in Notting Hill as well? Did they? Well, I'm looking now. They've got Seoul in Korea. They're in Tokyo, uh, Fitzrovia, Notting Hill, um, and Kuwait. So Kuwait. That's such yeah. a random mix uh, of locations. Yeah. So yeah. yeah definitely absolutely. want to check that. Check that out. That, that, that's just yeah. Ten out of ten for the name, anyway. Yeah, they do loads of cool things, and it? it's like yeah, like you say, what can you do with an egg? It's, it's like bagels and everything i don't really know where to start yeah I, I checked out the instagram and it was like it just it looked incredible mm. yeah i'll have another look after this actually i, I love an egg so they you get touch with them and see if they give you something for free if you because you're an influencer yeah maybe yeah, we can uh, say, uh, got a podcast uh, and yeah. I'll you, <laughs> table three <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll try it well ben you can do that maybe no worries you can call them up instead <laughs> You know where uh, Joel Rabouchon's old site? It's on West Street in Covent Garden. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so he's not there anymore, no. apparently. So in September, there's a new place opening called Louis. So it's a US chef called Slade Rushing uh, with some Parisian restaurateur, it says. Um, so the food, I think it's like classical French with like a New Orleans twist or Louisiana twist, wherever he's from. He's from he's from down yeah. there but that looks pretty cool actually yeah that's an that's uh another big thing they said they want to take over covent garden if i read that correctly i'm not a big fan uh, of um like i don't want to say i'm not a big fan because that, that's that's wrong because I, I i do actually like american food i like you know had you know we as a chef you call it dirty food don't you so it's not yeah, it's yeah. not a bad barbecue thing it's a good thing yeah barbecues everything smoked 
you know, burgers, and I'm talking like real cool things. And that for me is, pro- and you guys as well, any chef, it's probably a chef's favorite food, isn't it? Dirty mm. food. Everyone thinks, oh, I'll go to the fine dining stuff, which is great, but I think yeah, it's nah. the dirty stuff. That yeah, we love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it'd be interesting to see how that goes actually, because it's, it says it, it's like classical, sort of along classical French lines, I think, with a twist of the American thing. So he's got like deconstructed oysters, Rockefeller. Uh, oh, that's yeah. going to be interesting how he's going to deconstruct that. Uh, New Orleans barbecue lobster. I mean, yeah, barbecue lobster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, banana foster rum barbar. What's a banana foster? It's a banana ben, foster like banana, banana cooked in rum. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Not fosters. Uh, yeah, not quite in fosters. No, not in fosters. <laughs> They've got pigs, pig's cheeks with langoustine. That oh, sounds pretty... Like, that sounds yeah. something I would be right Yeah, on. surf and turf. <laughs> and then I think one of his, like, um, his things that he puts on, I had a look at this, actually, Leek's Vinaigrette, uh, which doesn't sound amazing, but it's, I think it's one of his things that yeah. it's like go-to dishes. So that, I wouldn't mind having a look at that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When does that open, Russell? Thing. Do you know when that opens? Uh, have a look. September. Cool. It had written down. So this one's just coming soon. It didn't give anything. Yeah. But it's the cheese barge, right? So it's a cheese barge in Paddington on the canal. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Which, yeah, it's, it sounds really cool, actually. There was a point, actually, when I fancied living on a barge. Yeah, I, I remember, just, I remember just, you telling me yeah, that. Yeah, just be nice, but... I think the problem what putting me off, um, you've got to empty out all your waste and all that, and it's like, I'm not gonna oh. do, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, uh, and it, I think it'd be all right in the summer as well. Can't just like can't this. just stick your back end out the out the window or something straight into the straight into the yeah. water. No. I'll see it in the middle of January when it's like foggy <laughs> and stuff, and you are just like <laughs> you trip nah. over and fall in it. Yeah, you don't really want that, do you? Oh god, <laughs> no, definitely not. So what they've got on the menu, they've got. Right, a snack. Right, that's fried quick cheddar curds. Don't know how to get that, but sounds oh. cool. So yeah. it's curried and then tossed in chili and honey. That oh, sounds chili amazing, and honey. It? Sounds wow. cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so quick like, c- curd is yeah. The curd's going to be like. It's not going to be thick, is it? It's going to be like a like a uh, consistency. It might be a, yeah. Maybe okay. yeah. Unless they thicken it with the roux. Yeah. And then. And then deep fry that or something with curry. It would be interesting anyway. Yeah, chili, chili and they honey got... is meant to be. Uh, well, it oh, is. Right, it yeah. is a banging combination, isn't it? Yeah. Do you use a lot that. of chili, Ben? Do you use a lot of chili with like honey and stuff in, in cakes or? Uh, yeah. I mean, I use chili and stuff uh, here and there, but it's very kind of reserved. Like because sometimes people use it just for like for the sake of it, just to for it to be yeah. cool, and like you have to be really careful yeah. if you're adding something or not. Um, but yeah, it's with pineapple and stuff, I use it quite a bit. Chili and pineapple and. Uh, I used to do a pineapple carpaccio actually, with like chili, lime zest, uh, like star and eggs and all that. Just make a stock syrup with all that in, and yeah. then just like, yeah, just get it on a um, slicer, wafer thin, go through the whole uh, pineapple, lay it in a thing, get the stock syrup hot, flavoured with all that uh, cinnamon and all that. Then just chuck it on and marinate. Well, that'll be yeah. alright. You could, a, uh, yeah, you a could week, also, yeah. I mean, you could put it in a vat pack machine as well, sous vide a little bit. That's, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe not. Yeah. But, I mean, you could do that at home. I don't. I'm not just going to pull out my vat pack machine, you know, from under the sink. But <laughs> yeah, I haven't got one at home yet. <laughs> no, yeah, if, yet. You d- if you did that with like coconut sorbet or something. Yeah. Oh, Ben loves a sorbet. Yeah, he's always got some in the freezer. Yeah. I love how like you Ooh. say that. They're literally there's there's. Last week, we put that exact dish on the pastry school um, <laughs> recipe page. Literally, the dish you've just described. It's like a chili, oh, really? lime, chili lime, and um, pineapple carpaccio with um, coconut sorbet. The fact that Sam's taking a piss is straight up my speech. Ben, you, 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 he's nicking your ideas, Russell. He's <laughs> nicking your ideas, mate. <laughs> I don't know yeah, who's nicking who's idea. Do you mean that's going to be on there next week? Yeah. I'll still leave yet. All right, anyway, so they've got uh, Cropwell Bishop Stilton Devils on Horseback. So it's medjool dates stuffed with Stilton wrapped in bacon, and then I guess they'd bake that off in the oven. No, that's getting deep fried. I'm telling you that. I bet that's <laughs> that, deep fried. But that, you know that's going to be amazing. I, I love yeah. Devils on Horseback. Um, yeah. Actually, the dessert, what was it? York, Yorkshire curd tart with malted milk and chocolate creme. Where's this in Paddington? 
Paddington, yeah, it's going to oh, be mate, a barge. That, that we'll have to go there. Sounds amazing. Oh, we just have to go out there. It's definitely. What would you do? Like, would you just get a load of wine as well? I guess and just drink wine and cheese and just chill yeah. out all evening, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that'd be. Yeah, just yeah, sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. yeah. Here's here's a mental one for you, right? So it's dining with Batman. So, uh, oh it's going to be called right Park Row because apparently that's uh, also known as Crime Alley in the comics where Bruce Wayne's parents were shot. So it's a restaurant coming to Soho and they're taking over the site of MASH restaurant, which used to be in Brewer Street. Yeah. So it's a, it's a DC Comics universe is coming to London, it says. In a nutshell, it's a huge DC Comics experience with a lean towards Batman in particular. Multi-room experience inspired by Gotham City. Other characters that inspire it are Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. But there's some good chefs involved in this. I, I, had a, I can't remember who it is, but there's some really good sushi chef. Uh, someone else will have to have a look at that. Oh, you, know what, you know what I'd be like? Honest with you, I'm more interested in your first couple of restaurants than I am that one. <laughs> Just, I, know, I know what you mean. It's, it's going to be daft because even the, intra- the entrance is going to be hidden away like the back cave. So it's going to be uh, one one dining room is the Iceberg Lounge where the penguin hangs out. Another one is where Harley Quinn hangs out. Another one is set on Gotham City, uh, like a hidden speakeasy with cocktails and sharing plates. That's either going to be really cool and really well done or really tacky. It's going to be one or the other. I'm kind well, of maybe... I'm kind of seeing like Planet Hollywood a little bit, if I'm honest with you. I'm kind of got that little vibe <laughs> yeah. from it. Or do you remember Mark had a place called Titanic, which was like obviously set on a the Titanic basin. It's going to be. It, I mean, it it does sound a bit weird, doesn't it? But yeah. do you know what? If you did it that, amazing. That if it was amazing, off. then it would yeah, work. Yeah, that, that could but... easily take off because that's costing a lot of money to do that out. Yeah. Like that. Uh, if they get the food off right, I mean, they're going to get some people going there. Maybe not people like me, but uh, they will get they will get that. Yeah. So you know the the street feast as well. So Dinerama is a part. There's yeah. um there's a place. So Dinerama is open again now. But so in the in the chain, it's got Giant Robot. That's in Canary Wharf. Mod Hawker House. That's Canada Water. Uh, yeah. Model market, where's that? I can't think where that is. But so the others are staying closed, but I think it might be on their last legs because Dinorama, they're still so Jonathan Downey, he's the chief exec of the London Union, which runs street feast food markets. Um, all those, uh, so they're just uh, they're in negotiation with the landlord in Dinorama Shoreditch to see if they can get some sort of deal to stay open, but. Otherwise, that's looking like that might close. Which one's which, Russell? Which one's Hawker House? I feel like I've been there before. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hawker House. So that's that's Canada Water. It's sort of set in the middle of nowhere. Um, so when I, oh, I used to go, it's, a, it's like an aircraft hangar, like really big place, and it had all like uh, like gin bars and like cool, really cool places. Like they had a, a really cool like ice cream place, but it. They'd, do ice cream and they put like Italian meringue on it and then like burn it up and just like do really cool stuff like that oh, uh, it wasn't sort of cheap but you can get there's like a place where you cook it uh, like ribs and store like proper like a proper wedge of ribs and it was it's really really good stuff so a few years ago they used to have the whole of it was open uh, last year I went they only had one half of it open um which is a shame. It's the location, really. There's nothing else around it. Yeah. It's sort of in the middle of nowhere. It's hard, but, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, you always say, like we were saying yeah. before, if, if, if you've got a good restaurant, you know, however far out you are, people will always go. But sometimes it's just, you're just unlucky, aren't you? Yeah, and that place, uh, like Hawker House, that was, I think it was only Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday it was open, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, when I was looking at place like that, I, I, if I was going to do like street food place, I would I would want somewhere Monday to Sunday where I could stay open really. Yeah, definitely. Um, the places the places you used to do Hawker House were they'd have they'd have a restaurant and they used to have pop ups there, 
So they just used to like prep all, get all the food ready there, take it over there, and put stuff there. Um, okay. It's it's not really survivable if you wanted to do that just uh, on your own. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah if they all close, it'll be it'll be sad. I mean, because yeah, it's a, it's a lot of street. Yeah, it, it's it's a yeah. I like that sort of vibe as well. Like we said before, box park and all that kind of thing. It'd be be a shame if somewhere like yeah. that shuts down. Yeah. There's a cool little thing going around at the moment as well to to help restaurants out. It's called uh, Invisible Chips. Oh yeah. Uh, which sounds a bit strange, but um, so I'll just explain to you exactly what it is. Uh, it's basically like. Uh, a type of charity really so it's like you go into a place um and you i think it's an app you can download as well uh, and what you do is you order uh, a portion of invisible chips so here's the menu right so there's a little menu and this is by the way this is like kind of boosted and, and advertised by fred skrix skrix is it you know the guy from uh, yeah. first dates hotel oh yeah fred yeah fred, yeah, fred we Gordon, know Gordon fred. and Gina. we know fred yeah yeah so so you've got like a, a rig, uh, you've got original invisible chips for three pound. You've got skin-on invisible chips for four pound. You've got dirty invisible chips for a fiver. I mean, you've got an invisible chips sharing portion, right? So for a tenner they are, and then you've got invisible condiments. So ketchup a pound, salt and vinegar one fifty. Invisible curry sauce is uh, one fifty as well. So it all sounds a bit weird, like what, what are they talking about? But basically it's a type of charity to help out a restaurant that you like and is taking part in invisible chips. So it's like, you know what, we'll, we'll have a portion of invisible chips. You pay for three pound or whatever you choose off the menu, but you don't get anything. You don't get anything. It's just it's a way bar. of helping the restaurant stay open. It's kind of like, instead of, and I think it's a cool way because I think if people, you put like um, a charity box, you know, or, or a bucket by the front door or, or they exit on your way out, Thank you're you. going to go, yeah, really? I'm not going to, you know, you don't feel like doing yeah. it. But if you think, if you see something like that, you're like, you know what? I would normally spend three quid on a pair, on a, on a portion of chips anyway. Um, so I might not get it. If, if it's, yeah, if it's going to help this restaurant stay open, uh, let's pay it. And I think that's really cool because it's kind of like, I don't really know how to describe it other than like glamming up charity. Does that make sense? You're kind of like yeah. making it glamorous. I'm which... interested to see how, how it goes because I don't know how people will react to that really. You know what mm. I mean? You don't yeah. know what people's reactions will be because I says I'd do it, but I'm just be like, well, can I just order chips instead? And then like you can make not all of the money, but at least I'm still spending. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like, I think this way is the margin is always going to be a hundred percent, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, at least, at least I like a photo after chips. <laughs> yeah. no, you get pissed off then, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, this, this isn't ops, fam. It's yeah. like when you, when you sponsor a child and you get regular messages from them each week. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, what have your yeah. chips been up to? You can see the you can see the chip when it was a potato. They send you pictures <laughs> out there. Oh, you can watch yeah, a potato grow a into idea. a chip. Yeah, um, but I think it's kind of cool. Like it's a bit cheeky, which. Um, because, you know, the, the, like I say, they're yeah, glamming yeah. it up. You go, oh, yeah, invisible chips. That's a really cool idea. And it is a cool idea. I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, yeah, invisible chips. I'll have some of them. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think it's a really cool way of helping out your local restaurant. And however you, you know, whatever way you look at it, it is always going to be some sort of um, you know, charity or, or goodwill. But it's just yeah. a way of making it a bit more fun for people, really, isn't it? A good way of losing weight as well. Good, like, weight loss. Strategy. Yeah, God. Can you imagine if yeah. you mis can you imagine if you misread it though? You misread yeah. their menu and you ordered a boat. I've been waiting an hour for some chips. Where are they? <laughs> You've yeah. had them. So. They're invisible. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to get on TripAdvisor and swag them off. Can you imagine? <laughs> I ordered chips and I got was a bowl and a photo. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, three quid they cost me. No, but I think it's a really cool, like almost popular way of just helping out your local restaurant. And you know, it does get you more involved because it feels like. Like I say, it's almost like a fun way of giving, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and okay. I think if I went to one of my local pubs or whatever that I really enjoyed being there and I see they were doing this, I reckon, and, you know, and I wanted them to stay open, I, I would do it, I think, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a little charity donation, isn't it? But yeah, I'm interested to see whether that will kick off or not. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's like one of those things where it will either go crazy and everyone will be doing it or everyone will be like, Nah, no, piss off. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you know. if it takes off, I might I might start doing invisible hot dogs in my house. 
yeah, and, I, and I'll deliver them myself as well. Yeah, me too. I think I'll do an invisible beer, I think. I'll open the front door and yeah. uh, put a table out the front and I'll just do invisible beer. I think that's a great idea. I, just, I might ask my yeah. boss if I can sign up for invisible employees. <laughs> then he can still yeah. pay me. Right, yeah. I think not really work. Yeah. Right, so you know when, uh, you know when waiter, you, so you go for dinner, waiter comes, like you order a bottle of wine, uh, it gives you a little taster and you have to say, oh, thank you very much, very nice. Yeah, this is wine, uh, definitely this is wine, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. They, they, they're not actually asking if you like it or not it's because they've opened the bottle it's basically yours it's basically to see if it's like corked as well yeah vinegar corked um but the thing is you you probably know if it was open anyway so but it's well, just yeah, like yeah. what it is it's basically it's just one of our traditions isn't it so it's one of our you do that i'm never been a massive fan of it you have to be like oh yeah that's nice yeah Yes, come on. Uh, yeah, what are you? Call the rest. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Why am I paying? Like, why am I paying you for me to taste my own wine if it's gone off or yeah, not? <laughs> just like put it on the table. I'll pour it. I'll pour it and bugger off. Yeah. But like, so around the world, like everyone's got these weird sort of things. Well, that that's that is all around the world. But so if you go to China, don't ever clean your plate. Don't leave a clean plate. Because oh, that implies yeah. Yeah. don't that implies that you're still hungry and, and your host more. didn't give you enough. Ooh, yeah, so yeah, that's really that's a rude thing. I think that's in Japan as well, isn't it? No, that's different. It's quite an Asian that's different. thing, yeah. Is it different? It's, is it? It's different. So in India or and Japan, it's rude to leave anything. Oh that, right, okay. That implies disrespect towards the food and the host. So yeah, they they want a clean plate. This is why when you're going somewhere, read up because uh, you know people do get a bit upset about some things. So in India, don't say thank you because that implies the host has gone out of their way to do something special, even though they probably have. And it also implies that you see your relationship with the host as more formal than friendly. What for saying thank but, you after a minute? Yeah, 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 but. To be honest, if you're thinking along those lines anyway, you're going to get upset over something, aren't you? Yeah, there's yeah, something wrong. Yeah, it's difficult to like to work out, especially if you're like traveling around. You go country to country, and you're trying to keep up with the because it's just natural for us to be like, thank you. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, we're th- we're we're one of those nations who do nothing but say sorry and please and thank sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So, if you go to Hungary. Uh, don't clink glasses like as a toast. That's really rude. So uh, yeah, apparently it's got something to do with. So you know uh, the Austrians, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So they're next door to each other, and at one point they must have had like wars with each other. I'm not sure when, but oh, go back. Started, and that's what you can, if you can do a bit, if you can do a bit of research, uh, Russell, and find out the exact date that the Hungarian army yeah, uh, right, yeah, kicked off. Yeah, we'll put that on in a way. I'll let you put that on Facebook in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently it's like, so when Austrian troops, it's something to do with Austrian troops invading and then toasting the invasion. So Shouldn't they don't fired. like it. Yeah. So they, they don't like that. Uh, one thing, if you go to Spain, right? So a sign of having rubbish on the floor, this wouldn't, wouldn't work here. But apparently... They want you to put your rubbish on the floor in the tapas restaurant there because that that means it's a better place if it's busier and better. So they like a bit of rubbish on the floor there. Oh, really? I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. They'd love yeah. the local McDonald's around the corner from mine. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, shit, shit everywhere. That's why there's a queue yeah. of, um, of Spanish all the time going around the block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. What is that? I, uh, I love Spanish food. I think that's got to be one of my most favourite cuisines. Seriously, I absolutely yeah, adore yeah. Spanish food. I think it's, I don't want to say it's up and coming because, God, it must be one of the oldest cuisines in the world, must not it, Spanish cooking? Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. <laughs> well, actually, the oldest, did you know this? Uh, the oldest restaurant in the world is in Spain. Uh, yeah it dates back to like uh 1800 or you know 1700 or something like that i can't remember exactly but it was it was made it was uh done by a guy and what they do is they the main thing there is suckling pig and the recipe today is the same as it was like three four hundred years ago 
Oh, um, yeah. So it was basically, it used to be a, a hotel, well, not, not a hotel, sorry, like a, a tavern or a stock pit for travellers. So people would come on, you know, their carts and all their horses and they'd stop off at the, this place, sleep there tonight, uh, and they'd have a little bit of food there. So that was kind of like, a lot of places did that. But this was the first place to then turn it into a full-blown restaurant, do just like mainly food. Um, and yeah, so the suckling pig recipe, I read it, I see it the other day, it was, um, they, they cut it in half and they like kind of, I don't want to say butterfly it, but you know when it's like, well, yeah, it is butterfly really, it's like spread yeah. out, yeah. Um, like and they, sort of thing. Yeah, spatchcock, yeah, that's more like it. Um, and they put a, it in a brine or like lots of salt and water and uh, they'd probably leave it for a little while, you know, they weren't revealing all their secrets. Um, and, and loads of mirepoix again, loads of onions, tons of garlic etc and they've cooked it upside down in like it's like a like a pizza oven really do you know what i mean it was like um, yeah like a clay oven so they cooked that for a couple of hours um take it out turn it over back in there and it, the crackling was like you know um sometimes when we get a pork pork loin here in england and i always put it in at a high heat and when it comes out it's kind of like it's almost like a a hard quaver does that make sense like it's oh, like yeah, yeah. bubbly and you crack it and it's hard. But oh, this yeah, one, yeah. this one in Spain, it was it was hard and soft at the same time. I don't really know how to explain it. Like the very top layer was like perfect crackling, but yeah, underneath it, it was like a a really bouncy, um, fatty meat. Oh that yeah. Made it. it was honestly, it looked yeah, amazing. Yeah, I like that. Um, so what they do is yeah, so they take it out and people order that, and obviously they do other things on the menu as well. But get this right, so when they opened the restaurant and they um, started the ovens in the morning, the clay oven, so everything's wood-fired, yeah? Um, it's the same fire today as it was when they first opened on the first day. Wait, what? What, they oh, kept, kept the fire the, going? Yeah, the fire's never gone really? out. Really? Yeah, no, seriously. Really? The fire oh has I never think, gone out. I think someone's, I think someone's definitely... Put it out Fibbing. one day and gone shit. Oh fuck me! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely <laughs> someone who's got it again. Yeah, they're yeah. saying that they they've never let it gone out because, uh, it, like in the evening, it takes too long to cool down, and it, yeah. in the morning when they restart it, it's too late and it never reaches the temperature, and food would never get served because the oven would never be hot enough to get all the pigs through. Um, right. So yeah, apparently they just keep it burning nonstop, and that's in. Um, was that Madrid or something? Isn't it? No, uh, oh god, you're testing me now. Uh, I'll find out and I'll let you know. Um, Oldest yeah, restaurant in Spain. I think it might actually be Madrid, you know, because when I went to um, south of Spain, I had some suckling pig and it was unreal. And the woman who served me who owned the restaurant said that there's a guy in Madrid who does suckling pig and he only sells to like three other restaurants in the whole of Spain. So you know what? It might well be yeah. Madrid. Yeah. So I'll find out the name of it and I'll post it during the week. Cool. Ooh. Would, would you know what sides they do with it? Uh, yeah, Invisible Chips. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> I definitely want to go there then. <laughs> yeah. Invisible, invisible Chips. Yeah, I've got another one for you. Right, so if you go to Russia, right, it's a major insult to not offer vodka to a guest and it's also a major insult to not accept vodka from a host and it's a major insult to drink anything in vodka you have to drink it neat oh, so uh, but russell you uh, know all about that didn't you you've been out to uh, lithuania a couple of times haven't you i have yeah yeah like and vodka, wasn't it like yeah. vo vodka and cornflakes or like kind of <laughs> cornflakes in vodka russ <laughs> no i can't remember because I had a few vodkas and I was seeing like <laughs> Jesus and Mary and, and all sorts, uh, made a complete fool out of myself. And that's actually when I retired from spirits. Oh, I don't uh, blame you, mate. Yeah. yeah, I don't don't do spirits anymore. I was reading so. Anthony Bourdain's um, when he went travel chef and he said he was in Russia and, you know, he was drinking nothing but vodka and, uh, and you know, eating nothing but borscht and uh, all those Russian oh, dishes. God. Yeah, like beet oh, soup, isn't it? Yeah, oh, with loads of horseradish. And, oh, but it's no, not really for me, if I'm honest with you. But no, no, no. Everything's just really strong. Yeah, like, yeah. Take more. You can take it. Yeah, they love all that stuff, don't they? So, yeah. but he said he was like, he said, he said uh, he'd been drinking vodka all day, um, and they went to a sauna to sweat it all out, basically. And 
uh, after the sauna, they walked out into the snow, which is, you know, a quite a traditional thing to do, and it's meant to be really yeah. good for you. And something I'd actually really like to try, even though, you know, it'd be cold. But he said, he kept walking, and there was a lake, uh, and they all jumped in the lake. Oh. So he's, he was like, oh, wow, I, you know, I kind of got to jump in the lake. <laughs> and I still re remember reading that. He said, he jumps in the river, and he said, oh, my God, my balls were in my mouth. <laughs> he said, I've never been so cold in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so I've got a little game uh, again this week. It's uh, a little bit shorter than last week's, but let's uh, see what you think, all right? So, basically, I've got three topics, right? So the first one's dumplings, the second's going to be pizza, and then the last one's going to be, like, side orders, which we all love. So I'm going to list three different flavours of dumplings, and I want you to pick your favourite or what sounds most appealing to you, all right? right so, okay. A... Minced pork, leek and ginger. B, lamb, fennel seed and paprika. Or C, hake, sorrel and parsley. I think B for me. The, the so, lamb. Yeah, so that's a, that's a quick overview of it, right? So the minced yeah. pork, so I've, I've had these dumplings before actually, a really cool place called Dorshi in uh, Bridport. So it was like, yeah, minced pork, leek and ginger is pretty self-explanatory. And then like lamb, bit of toasted fennel seed and crushed up and run through the lamb uh, mince. And then just finish mm. with a bit of paprika, which sounds quite nice. And then yeah. the hake with the sorrel and parsley. You know what it was like? It was a bit like, um, so it was like poached hake with like, uh, what's that sauce? Like, uh, you know, like liquor that you get with pie and mash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a little yeah. bit like that, like a parsley sauce kind of in the middle with the hake. And that was... Oh, that's nice, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, there are your three options. If you had to choose one, what one are you going for? The pork, the lamb, or the hake? Ben, what are you going for? Going for the lamb. The lamb? Love and the Russell? Lambino, definitely, I think. Yeah. You know what? I think I'd probably go for lamb as well. Although the pork and ginger was really good as well. Actually, uh, yeah. I mean, ooh, that's a bit Chinesey sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. But do you prefer your dumplings uh, steamed or, or uh, fried? I like them a bit crispy, to be honest. I like the crispy ones. But they're both, they're both amazing. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I do. I like them crispy, but I like them uh, just steamed as well. I've got some in my freezer actually from the uh, Chinese supermarket, and you just uh, yeah, you just boil them, they're just real soft. Oh, and nice. nice. Yeah, I like the crispy ones. I, I I didn't have crispy ones for ages, and I thought, oh, these are really nice. But then I'm thinking about steam dumpling as well. I'm like, oh, they're really nice as well. So <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Oh, I don't really mind. I do like crispy, a bit of crispiness though, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I agree, actually, a bit of texture. So yeah. that was dumplings. So the second one is going to be pizza, right? So three different pe uh, pizza toppings. Um, and then you tell me what you think, all right? So A is ham mushroom, which sounds a bit boring, but then a ball of burrata in the middle, right? Mm. Which Ooh. hasn't been cut up or chopped or anything. You like cut mm. into it like an egg, right? So And oh, then no. B, pepperoni, green chilli, and a chilli and honey drizzle, or Ooh. C, parma ham, anchovies, and feta cheese. Oh, C sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, like the anchovies. I love that. Yeah, yeah, salty anchovies. Yeah, yeah, with the parma ham as well. Anchovies and parma yeah. ham go well good together, I, don't they? I tell you what, I might, I might just go for number one if it was like a smoked smoked ham sort of thing. Yeah, let's okay. Yeah, let's go like. Best case scenario, right? So you got like some smoked pulled prosciutto, beef, or yeah, something. or uh, pulled pork beef, beef. Pulled oh pork. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, some nice crispy mushrooms, and then yeah, oh. a big ball of burrata in the middle, right? With loads of seasoning, loads of nice olive oil on it. And we had this one place. Uh, we had it at a place called uh, Crust Bros or something. It's in uh, uh, Waterloo, not far from Waterloo. Yeah, and they brought out this pizza, right, with a whole ball of burrata in the middle. And you just cut oh. into it, and you know where it just like drizzles over the whole pizza. Oh, yeah. Wow. Can I? Do you know what? I was at a friend's house, right? So what we did, right? He showed me this. So we bought a tin of corned beef. Now, uh, corned beef's corned beef. It's like I, I don't buy corned beef ever, really, to be honest. But so what he did, so he bought the corned beef, got the whole lot out into a frying pan, and then on a slow heat, just keep that going down, keep it going down, break it up, break it up. And then it, you eventually cook it right down till it gets to like a corned beef sand sort of thing. Oh, and wow. then so 
we did pizzas. He's got a pizza oven in, in his garden. And then if you did like a, yeah, pizza A, the ham mushroom, mm. and then uh, you could sprinkle that on just to finish it, that corned beef, it gives it something else. So what was it? You Corned beef just, out of a tin just, and then just broke yeah. it down in, in a pan? Yeah, in a frying pan. Just keep that going down. Uh, keep it moving and then all the fat will come out uh, yeah. and it'll start cooking in the fat and all that. And eventually, if you cook it down enough, keep it moving, cook it down enough, it just goes into like a, a sand, like, yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. Sort of thing, with a bit of corned beef sort of uh, flavour and you can just finish, like, if you've got pizza, just finish it on top. Oh, it's a really cool that. feel. Try it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was amazed, actually. So, Russell, what one are you going for? A, B or C? A. Ben? C. C for me. Ooh. You know what, I think C would have it for me as well with the parmesan and anchovies. Although I do like the sound of the middle one, pepperoni, green chilli and then a yeah, chilli and I honey thought drizzle. Before, yeah. before, the, before the last one came up, I was like, it's definitely B. But then, yeah. Yeah. then it all, all the cheese and I was like, oh, okay. You could have all three on the menu though, couldn't you? Easy. Oh, three yeah. Them up. Yeah. 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 No, there's no vegetarians in that one, uh, but that's okay. Or the, mm. the one before actually, so... I don't think I've got any vegetarian options. Right, so so you're going with A and C. That's cool. I think I'd go for C as well. So then the last one is just side dishes, right? So going back to like Asian a little bit. So the first one is, and I think I've had one or one of these with all of yours or both of yours. So the first one is uh, a Thai fried calamari with soy, green peppercorns and ginger. Mm. B oh, yeah. is a Taiwanese fried chicken with a smoky chilli sauce. And C is steamed oyster with roast chilli and fried shallots, right? So the calamari is the one you can get from Basaba. You, remember, you know Basaba, that Thai place that we went to, Russell? Yeah, I think yeah. we've got some really yeah. nice uh, calamari with it. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And then B, Taiwanese fried chicken, Ben, is what we had when we went to Bao. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was stunning. Yeah, and they're like, the chilli sauce, it's like a tomato ketchup, but like, with like barbecuey ketchup does that make sense yeah. it's all smoky yeah. and quite spicy mm. and that's like just yeah fried chicken and then c steamed oysters with a bit of roast chili and fried shallots that's from the smoking dough so oh. Oh, what, what what would you go for that's a hard one isn't it oyster would you uh, yeah no not the oyster that's the only ones off the off the limits i say b with the um the korean one was was amazing taiwanese so it was amazing yeah, I I think I might actually go A for the calamari because uh, oh, that each. is really yeah one each. So calamari was brilliant for me. Um, I thought that was really good. The Taiwanese fried chicken Ben's going for, which was again banging, and the steamed oyster I haven't tried, but I had a feeling that you were going to go for that, Russell. You, like you know, that? it's going to be good for the smoking goat as well, don't oh, you? Oh yeah, with like you know the crispy shallots on top as well, and a bit of yeah yeah. Oh, that's naughty, isn't it? Yeah, that makes a curry. Like if you do it got curry or something, like crispy shallots just make it. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. You know what? You can go to uh, if you go to Tesco, so they have like a Polish section section, and uh, they do like crispy shallots and crispy onions and stuff. And we just put oh, it in right. like yeah, we put it in like everything really: salads, cornflakes, pizzas, yeah, cornflakes. Yeah. Um, have to have a look for that. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. So, all right, that was good. Uh, I think that was some really cool little. Uh, yeah, nice dishes. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. There's some nice stuff in there that I remember that you've just brought up. That I'm like, oh, actually, go back to those places again. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So we'll, we'll maybe what we'll do we'll post uh, post where we've got some of those bits and pieces from. That'd be cool. cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Well done, guys. Excellent. Thanks for listening, guys. It's another episode of Cooked Podcast. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and don't forget on Spotify. We'll see you next week. Thank you.